Hello everyone, this is Deb. I am so excited to be here with you guys today. I'm here with Jared. And Jared is with a group of young, amazing young adults that are traveling around the United States from city to city, bringing revival to the cities. And the ministry is called Every Heart Movement. That's correct. And uh, you guys, it's amazing. They've been staying with us the whole week and uh, coming into Colorado here and working with local churches and preaching. And I mean, I have been so blessed having them here. And tonight is the 4th of July. And we uh, had a nice dinner. And then we had some conversation. And I really wanted you guys to hear from Jared tonight because Jared has an amazing perspective all about how we can bring revival. And guys, it's not what you think. <laughs> Bringing revival is all about um, cultivating intimacy with Jesus. And that's how we bring revival. And I just want Jared to explain this to you. And uh, I know you'll be blessed. So, Jared, I'm just going to let you take it away. And I'll ask you questions, too. But, you know, uh, but let's see. So, Jared, you heard this sermon, right, a few weeks ago? Yes. Did you hear a sermon? Okay, yep. tell us about it. Yeah, so the sermon that we heard, which was from Forerunner Church in Kansas City, um, the sermon we heard was all about the anointing of Jesus. Mm. And it's... I, it's talked about in Isaiah 61, where it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. Mm. And it goes on from there. Um, but Jesus ultimately in Luke 4, 18, he read that portion of scripture and he said, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Yes. So that, that anointing that the spirit of the Lord was, it was anointing Jesus and that he was saying that this is why I've come. I've come to preach the good news to the poor, proclaim liberty for the captives, release from those who are in bondage, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God. And so Jesus began to walk that out. Mm. And now when we hear the anointing of God, we get excited because, man, don't we all want more yes, of the anointing of God? Absolutely. We do. And, um, but that anointing that Jesus received also was offensive to the earthly systems yes. and the earthly authorities at that time. So much so that it actually led Jesus to the cross and even mm. to his own death. And so the anointing, that Isaiah 61 anointing that fell on Jesus's life is ultimately what led him to the cross because it was confronting all of the religious systems that weren't of Jesus. And so today in an hour where God is on the cusp of yes. bringing a widespread Amen. revival to our country, we are all crying out for more revival. We're all crying out for the anointing. But I think a key thing for us to know is that with that anointing that we're crying out for comes a persecution. Yes. It comes a, because that anointing that we begin to walk in starts to confront and overturn the mm -hmm. existing systems of our world, whether that be um, authorities in our life or just secular mindsets. It starts to confront those and we start to see a persecution from some of those systems. Mm. And that's kind of talked about in Psalms 2 where David says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? David foresaw the anointing that would, was going to be poured out on the earth. Mm. And he, when he foresaw that anointing being poured out, he also saw an increase in persecution at that time. Mm. And so... You might be asking, okay, we're, we're, at, we're talking about revival. We're talking about the anointing of God falling and resting on us. So how do we sustain that type of revival if we're going to experience persecution? And I think the one thing that sustains us, carries us through any level of persecution 
is intimacy with Jesus and personal yes. relationship with him yes. in the secret place. And I think that's why Jesus, like even in Matthew 6, the great sermon on the mount, he says, when you pray, close your door and pray to your father who's in secret. And then your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Mm-hmm. And it's, he didn't He didn't tell us to gather the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in one and preach this amazing sermon and then just live the rest of your life like nothing ever happened. Yeah. He says, He says, hey, don't be, don't be afraid of the crowds. Don't be afraid of the crowds. Preach to the crowds. But when you're done preaching to the crowds, close your door and go in your closet and commune with God in intimacy with him. And why is this intimacy so important? It's because when the persecution comes. And it will. And it will. When the persecution comes, that intimacy with Jesus will sustain us because then we're driven to that secret place rather than driven away from God, asking questions like, Lord, you said you had anointed me. So why why are all these bad things happening in my life? But instead of that, you'll be driven to the secret place and asking the Lord, Lord, what is your purpose and your plan in all of this? And we can kind of see this played out in Acts 4, where the disciples, they had just healed the lame beggar outside of the gate called Beautiful, right? And then they preached to the crowd the name of Jesus. And the religious authorities who, that, who were being confronted by the anointing that was on Peter's life and John's life, they, they bring Peter and John and they whip them openly. They, they, so Peter and John were moving the anointing of God and then all of a sudden they experienced directly after that persecution. But what do we see Peter and John do later in Acts 4? It says they gather together with the believers and they pray yes. to Jesus. They yep. gather, they, they go to intimacy with the Lord and they ask the Lord. They said, Lord, look on the threats of those who persecute us and grant us that with all boldness, we may preach your word and you extending your hand to heal and with signs and wonders accompanying. And so my encouragement today is, man, we are seeing, we're, there's a lot of talk of revival. There's a lot of mm-hmm. talk of the anointing and we want it and we do want it. Lord, we want all of the anointing and we want all of the revival to come. But my one, my one warning and my one encouragement today is that we would understand that there's a level of persecution that comes with revival. There's a level of persecution that comes with the anointing on your life. And in order to be ready for that persecution and for that trouble that's stirred up among the authoritative systems of our world, we need to cultivate intimacy with Jesus. Because mm-hmm. if we can experience revival in our own hearts, then no, no outside system could ever take that away from us. And so they could put us in jail, just like we saw with the disciples. They could put us in jail. They could beat us. They could whip us. But no matter where we are, we would stoke revival wherever we are in the jail cell, in an internment camp, whatever it may be we can stoke revival everywhere we go because revival isn't dependent on anything external. It's revivals in your heart Mm -hmm. and you release it anywhere you go. And that type of revival is only obtained through consistent intimacy with Jesus in his word and in prayer. And I love what you said earlier that you said that um, revival doesn't come from the mountaintop experiences. Yeah. A revival comes from the secret place of spending time with Jesus. And if you, what did you say earlier? It was so good. You said if you can have that 
Yeah, if you we go to all these conferences and we go to all these worship nights and am I bashing those worship nights? Absolutely not. I'd encourage you like go and partake and And you lead them. You lead them, yeah. I've led led some of them and taken part in a lot of them and it's been very, very awesome. But we can't just keep hopping from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience and then in the deep valley in between those. And I think really where revival starts is when we start to have those mountaintop experiences in our bedroom with the door closed in our morning. Yeah. Because then it doesn't depend on a full set band with with thousands of dollars poured into this one event. Or a big and preaching conference. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. And it's it's the that experience, that mountaintop experience is literally just a staircase away yeah. or a door away from you experiencing deep communion with the living God. And mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, how do you, like if someone is saying to them, well, I don't know how to do that. How do I, how do I do that by myself? What does that look like? Like how do, what do I do? Like, what would you do? Like, or what do you tell people that are new to, um, learning about their relationship with God and are new to, uh, they want to feel closer to God, but they don't know how, or like, what would you say? The first thing, first thing that I would say is one, reach out for help. Mm. Um, a lot of times when we come to the faith, sometimes we feel like we have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. And just because I said yes to Jesus, now I have to walk this entire thing alone. And that is absolutely not true. So I'd encourage you to find somebody who's been in the faith for longer and say, hey, I, I would love to buy you coffee sometime. Could I just ask you some questions about how to walk this life with mm-hmm. Jesus? And then you can ask them what their daily rhythms kind of look like in cultivating intimacy with Jesus. But I think the one thing that's helped me out a ton is when I spend time with the Lord, a lot of times I'll just turn on worship music mm-hmm. and I'll worship Jesus. I'll just sing along to the song because it kind of makes my heart prepared yeah. to hear from the Holy yeah. Spirit. So I'll turn on worship music, no matter what it is, I'll turn on worship music and just sit in silence or singing and I'll sing to Jesus. And then from that place, I'll open my Bible Mm -hmm. and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you lead me and guide me into Mm -hmm. truth? Holy Spirit, would you show me the things (laughs) that you want to teach me today? Mm -hmm. And then after you read those things, and if you feel like something is like coming and you're like, wow, Lord, I know this verse was specifically for me write it down Mm -hmm. and you need to have a journal next to you or your laptop open Mm -hmm. or something, but something that's not going to distract you though. You know, sometimes we open our phone to take, write down a quick note and then all of a sudden we're scrolling on Instagram for, you know, so that's why I love just a paper journal. And so writing those things down and then after I write that thing down and I feel like it's done, then I'll go back in. I'll start the process all over and I'll worship just for a minute and get my heart back in that moment to receive. And then I'll re- if the Lord highlights a certain port of scripture to me, then I'll turn to that point portion of scripture and start to read it and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you trying to speak to me at this mm. point? And I think if, if we'll do that, um, so to kind of like boil those things, those three things down simply, it would be find a mentor Find somebody. Or a friend. Just somewhere where you're not alone. Exactly. Yep. Someone you can be vulnerable with. You know, I was, uh, where was I? I don't even remember where I was. I've been so busy this week. But where was, I don't even remember where I was. But um, someone said, oh, I was on a prayer thing on Saturday. Someone said that, um, that there's a lot to be said for confessing our sins to one another. Absolutely. And not being 
not having shame. Absolutely. And to be free and, and just humble enough to say, hey, I am struggling or I just need help. I am not hearing from God. I mean, everybody has gone through these seasons of hard times. And you know what really breaks my heart are what I call the lost sheep of Israel. It's wow. the lost sheep of, of Christianity, of, of believers that have feel like they're too far gone or they've made mistakes or they grew up in the church and they were hurt by people. And uh, my sweet son, I love him. And he has such a burden for the lost sheep of Israel, the lost uh, people that are Christians that are struggling. And um, what would you say to those people who just feel like they've made mistakes or, or they're damaged goods, or maybe they were hurt by somebody or just something happened. They were on their, they were, they were running their race well and someone cut in on them, right? You know that where Paul says that you were running your race well, what, who cut in on you? What do you say to these people that have been cut in on and hurt or made mistakes? What do you say to those precious, precious lambs that follow Jesus, but that they feel like they can't follow him or, or they can't go back to church or they don't want to go back to church? What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say first and foremost that God loves you Mm -hmm. so deeply. Amen. And the reality is Jesus says in his word that he would leave the 99 Mm -hmm. who are saved to go after the one. And that's not Jesus in that moment. He's not saying, oh my gosh, I got to go find my sheep again. Oh my goodness. I can't believe they stripped. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, it is my joy to go and find this person and bring them back to what they were originally created to be. Mm-hmm. It's my joy. And I would say that the Lord is not mad at you. Mm-hmm. He's not folding his arms, tapping his foot, yeah. waiting for you to yep. come. He's actually looking. He's at the edge of his property looking for you. And he so desperately wants you to come home mm-hmm. because he wants what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And to those who maybe have you know, walked in a pattern of sin for a while. The Lord gave me this analogy a while ago Mm. while I was washing dishes at my parents' house. And he spoke to me and he said, Jared, sometimes I think you trust uh, soap more than you trust my forgiveness Mm. for your life. And I said, Lord, what, what do you mean? He said, Jared, you literally were outside weeding a garden bed with all of that stuff. You don't know what's in that dirt. And you, you put one little squirt of that soap on your hands and you washed it underneath the water mm. for less than 20 seconds, if I'm being honest. And now you're grabbing a hamburger with those same hands. You're ready to use those same hands again, even though they were just soiled because you trusted the soap so much to clean them. And to those people who have made mistakes and feel like they can't return to Jesus, I would say that the blood of Jesus Christ is so much powerful, so much more powerful than anything Mm. in this world. It's so much more powerful than hand soap. And when we come to him, he he says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you can have confidence that Jesus is not mad at you, but it's actually his joy and his delight to forgive you and to wash you from all of those things that weren't meant for you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we like to punish ourselves. Oh, I made this mistake, so I can't do ministry things for this a certain amount of time because, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm not clean. And the Lord says, why, why would you wait to fulfill the purposes I have for your life? Yeah. Why would you wait? Now, is there a certain time where maybe you need to like work on some healing things and, yeah. you know, maybe 
confess to a mentor and have a mentor kind of walk you through, okay, where did I go wrong here? What are some things where I can be more accountable? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But don't let the thing that you did disqualify you from God's purposes for your life because his blood on the cross was powerful and his blood on the Christ is able and still able to cleanse (laughs) all of your sins. So do not let the enemy condemn you. Don't let him keep you in condemnation Mm -hmm. so that you think you're unqualified because God in Christ Jesus has qualified you through the blood of his son. And so that would be my encouragement is to the lost sheep of Israel and to those people who have strayed away, God's not mad at you and he's longing for you to come home to him. Just like, just like a good father would, just like a good father would long for his son to come home. And then to those who are kind of caught in a pattern of sin or mistakes, Jesus's blood and sacrifice is enough for you. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Okay, so now you guys know why we're at our barbecue and we just are like, hey, let's do this podcast because it's so powerful. And so I hope this blessed you. And for more information, guys, uh, can you give a website? Absolutely. Yeah, so for more information about the Every Heart Movement, you can go to Mm everyheartmovement.com. And it's spelled exactly how it sounds, everyheartmovement.com. And uh, you can find all about what we do um, through our campus expressions on universities throughout the school year, mm-hmm. and then also our summer summer missions trips um, throughout the That's summer, awesome. throughout the whole country. Okay, so. can you pray for pray for our listeners? Pray for anyone who might be struggling right now. Pray for some anybody who doesn't hear from God, who who's struggling in their relationship, or the little lost sheep of Israel or, you know, the little lost sheep of Bethlehem. I don't know which ones to call, right? We're just little lost sheep that follow Jesus, you know, that love him. And okay, let's pray. You pray. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Lord, we love you. We lift up your name, Father God. Jesus, you are holy. You are worthy. You are magnificent in all your ways. Thank you, God. Your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, Mm -hmm. Jesus. Lord, we just say humbly, we need you, God. Yes, God. We need you, Jesus. Lord, we are bankrupt without you. We have no funds, Jesus. Nothing coming in, nothing going out without your spirit, Jesus. Your spirit is the point of our lives, Jesus. You are the point of our lives, Lord, we love you, Jesus, and we honor you. We thank you first and foremost, God, for bringing us out of the miry clay, for not leaving us, Jesus, for not leaving us where we were, but saving us, God, from stooping down, from leaving your throne of righteousness to come and save us and to be the sacrifice for our sins. God, I was so far gone. Lord, I was so far gone. There was no hope for me, but you came and made a way, Jesus, and I bless your name for (laughs) that. Thank you, God. And Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for every single person listening right Mm -hmm. now, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that your spirit is on them, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and anoint each one of us, Jesus. Anoint each one of us to do the works that you have called us to do. I thank you that we are your masterpieces, God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which you you prepared in advance that we could walk in, Jesus. I thank you, Father, that there's no shame or condemnation. Lord, you say in Romans 8 that there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Mm -hmm. So I thank you, Jesus, that any spirit of condemnation, any any spirit of past yes. sins, of bringing up past sins, it's 
cut off yes, of Jesus. every single listener in the name of Jesus, that we can approach your throne of grace with confidence, knowing that we can ha- find help in our time of need, mm-hmm. Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for every single person who may be listening that hasn't mm-hmm. been to church in a while, that yes. hasn't hasn't sat in your presence in a while. Yes. Lord, I just bind any spirit of condemnation mm-hmm. over their life that would yes. keep them away from you, Jesus. But I pray for a spirit of conviction yes. that would draw them to you, yes, Jesus, God. that would draw them to your spirit, draw them to you. God, we lift your name high mm-hmm. because you said, as you are high and lifted up, you draw all men unto yourself, God. So we thank you, Jesus, for a brand new hope, Father God, over these listeners, thank Jesus, you, a brand new hope. Lord, hope for family members, yes, God. hope for friends who yes, don't know God. you, hope for those who seemingly are too far gone. Lord, we pray for hope, Jesus, because we were once too far gone, but you sent the right people at the right times to speak a word to us, Lord God, that led us to your heart, mm-hmm. Jesus. So we just pray, Father God. And we also, lastly, Father, we just pray for a deep level of intimacy. Lord, we ask that every single listener would have a deep encounter with you, Jesus. Yes, God. That you would begin to meet them in their secret places. They close the door and pray to their Father yes, who is in God. secret. And Lord, I thank you that it's that intimacy that will sustain us through times of persecution. Mm-hmm. It's that intimacy, Lord, that will drive us into sustainable revival. So Lord, we love you, Jesus. We praise you. We honor your name. You are so good. In mm. Jesus's mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jared. Amen. I'm going to miss you guys. My goodness. All seven you of too. you. Yes. Oh. Very, very cool. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. I hope you guys come back to Colorado because I will be, I, my house is open. So. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Have a great day. Have a great week.